The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Greg Peterson Experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. It is our number three of the Greg Peterson Experience on Beeson, the Esports Bank Network, and we've got an absolutely tremendous hour coming up for you guys. We're going to be joined in 15 minutes by Grant Mitchell. He does great work over at five, over at Forbes, and he's one half of the Ride the Line podcast as well. He is going to be joining me, and we're going to be talking some NBA with him. I know that he's going to recap the Super Bowl just a little bit with us as well, but a lot of round ball here in hour number three. We're going to be taking a look at the association with him in about 15 minutes. In about 45 minutes, if you missed my DK Network right a pick, well, we're going to be re-racking that for you and trying to get you guys some winners on that front. And a couple of that in 45 minutes, we have to go to the beer review bracket as well because there's not just March Madness, but there's beer review madness as well. We've got 32 breweries. Well, technically now 31 breweries remaining since our first matchup went the way of Rogue out there in the great state of Oregon. And now we've got... Classic New Belgium versus Three Floyds. Three Floyds making their Greg Peterson experience debut with Zombie Dust. So we're going to get you guys that review in about 45 minutes. So we got a lot of fun coming up. And it's always fun taking a look at the ACC. And we got ourselves a nice matchup that is going to be going down on Wednesday. So let's dive in on this one. 681-682. Miami hits the road. They're facing off against Clemson. And Clemson does find themselves as a favorite of anywhere between seven and seven and a half points. This is down from the opener of eight. And the total, it opened up at a 151. Most places holding steady. Where I sit here at Circa, right now we are finding the lone the lone 150 that I'm seeing. And I do think that we're going to be seeing a relatively high scoring game. You've got a Miami team that has been able to shoot in a top 20 clip in all of college basketball in terms of their three point shooting percentage going up against a Clemson team that they're well outside the top 150 in terms of opponents, three point shooting percentage. I do think that Miami and Clemson have a lot of similarities. I do think that both of these teams are going to be able to click on offense. I'm going to be taking a look at the over and I do think that we've just went a little bit too far in terms of this line as well. I said Miami is more around a six point underdog and 
fully recognize that this Miami team, they've had their struggles throughout the season, but you take a look at these two teams, and I was mentioning it, they've got similarities. I mean, you put P.J. Hall up against Nochad Omir, both of these guys have versatility. Both of these guys give their respective teams 17-plus points per contest. Both of these teams haul in there north of 7 rebounds per game. They both pop threes. I really like both of their games. And then you take a look at Joe Girard and Wuga Poplar. Poplar has a little bit more size, but both of these guys are relatively good sharp shooters and they really don't offer a lot on the defensive side of things as well, with Girardi gives you a little bit more facilitation. But I do think that there's a lot of similarities with these teams. And for Miami, they're the team that they guard the arc a lot better than Clemson. I was mentioning it. Clemson outside the top 150 in terms of opponent's three-point shooting percentage. Miami's a top 50 team with this regard, and it's actually traveled for them. Now, with Miami, they have not quite been the same team when they've been on the road rather than at home. They are giving up north of 10 points more per one hour possessions when they're in a roadside shoot record environment rather than at home and scoring 10 points fewer per one hour possessions when they do leave home north of 10 points. So that's been a little bit of an issue for them, but with Clemson, even though this team does a good job of being able to just take care of the ball in general, this team does have their serious warts in terms of their defense, and Miami has been by far more efficient with that regard. Clemson, 180th in the country, turns points a lot on a per-possession basis, giving up too many open looks, and they do give up quite a bit down low as well. I do feel like this Miami squad, they should be able to do a nice job holding in there. You got a pair of teams that they don't necessarily play at warp speed or anything like that, but they're just very good with their shot making. They put a little bit more emphasis on the offensive side of the ball rather than the defensive side of the ball. So I did something my line more around six. Here now that we're getting seven after eight, when you saw some eights on the open, I'm going to be willing to take those points with Miami. Did set my total at 154. So I around about a 151. Goodbye point on the over. And let's take a look at another game that's involving two ACC teams in 683-684. It is Georgia Tech. They hit the road. They're facing off against Notre Dame. Notre Dame is anywhere between a three and a half to a four point favorite. The long scheme is anywhere between 132.5 and 133.5. I'm still a little bit mad that I made this game a write-up pick about a month or so ago. George Tech forced overtime, and then they made like your buddy at the bar and could not close. But I do think that this is a line that's went a little bit too far. I do think that Notre Dame should be the favorite, but you have to have trepidation with Notre Dame laying this sort of a number because the offense just has not been able to provide any sort of oomph this season. Notre Dame is well outside the top 250 in terms of points scored on a per possession basis. Now, Brendan Shrewsbury, the son of the coach in Micah Shrewsbury, he's actually been able to step up. He's given you right around about nine points, shoots in the mid-30s from three-par range. And for Notre Dame, to their credit, each other top three scorers, they are all able to shoot at least 80% of the free throw line with Marcus Burton being really that main guy. He's been able to supply the team with north of 14 points. Chips in there are about four and a half boards, but among players at the power conference level, he leads all of them in terms of turnovers per game at right around about 3.9. So you've got your issues there with a Notre Dame team that is outside the top 275 in terms of ball security. Turn the ball for 13 half times for contest while being a bottom one our team in terms of total possessions per game. That is not a good combo platter. Meanwhile, they are going against a Georgia Tech team as well outside the top 125. Turns points allowed on a per possession basis and Georgia Tech they are not a team that they force any turnovers. 351st 
in terms of turnovers forced on a per possession basis. So that should allow Notre Dame to be able to run a little bit more clean offense than they are accustomed to. But for Georgia Tech, I do think that they're going to be able to do a good job on the glass. Notre Dame actually has the better rebound rate in this game, but you've got Bay Ndongo, who's able to give you about eight and a half rebounds. He throws in their 12 points per contest at six foot nine, six foot ten. He's able to pop some threes. And what I think is going to be so key for this team, can Nathan George be able to continue what he's been doing for this Georgia Tech team? As for Georgia Tech, he has been able to give the team at least four assists in all but one of their games ever since January 1st. And the first game that he did not generate four plus assists ever since the turn of the calendar, that was actually the team's last game where they went down against Louisville and they lost that game very, very late. So we shall see if he's able to rebound from that. But all in all, he's been pretty solid this season. He's been able to do a nice job being able to throw out the ball with about five or so assists per contest. And he's just been an interesting guy in general because he, towards the beginning part of the season, wasn't really good, able to give you too much. He was looked at as a little bit more of a reserve. But you take a look ever since they went on the road against Duke. That was a close but no cigar game for the team. I really feel like that was his breakout game since the Duke game. So the last nine games in total, shooting 36.5% from three. He's been able to slide the team with 13 points. Five and a half assists, only about 1.9 turnovers per game. So I do like the way that he is coming around for this Georgia Tech team. I do think that that's going to be able to keep them active in this game because you've had a lot of underachievers like Amari Abraham when he's been out there. He's been dealing with injury. That has been someone that has not been able to give you too much. You've had Tyshawn Claude who's able to give you a bit down low, but as an SA pop for the scene, Kwasi Reeves has been really their main three-point shooter at about 39.5% for three as of your top four scores for the Georgia Tech team. He's the only one that shoots about 32% for three, but I do think that that leads into this game being a big giant slog, especially with the way that Notre Dame has been playing so slowly back when these two teams played the first time around. Neither team was able to get past the 65-point plateau in regulation. They was able to go over and over time, but I do not anticipate overtime happening this time around. I do think that both of these teams once again struggle to get to 65. I did sell Notre Dame as a two-point favorite, so getting three and a half to four, going to be looking at those points with the Yellow Jackets, and when it comes to this total, made my total a 130, so also diving in on the under. As we are looking at the Wednesday College Basketball Board right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network, and you've got a lot of intriguing games that we're able to take a look at, but I do think that we've got a little bit of value when it comes to a little bit of a lower game on the board because we've been hitting on prod all these big games. We've been taking a look at the ACC, the SEC, what have you, but sometimes some of the best plays are the ones on the extra games board, and I like this one with 306-509, 306-510. The Raiders of Colgate are looking for a minty fresh cover as they play also Holy Cross. The Holy Cross Crusaders are between 18 and a half to 19 point underdogs. The last game is 141. And when you see this city that Holy Cross plays in, it's Wisher. I know that people try to call it Worcester and everything like that. So we have to give some respect where it is due to good people out there in the state of Massachusetts. And I do think that Holy Cross is going to be able to hold in there. I set them as a 17 point underdog. Big element that a lot of people miss with Holy Cross is that one of their star players in Bo Montgomery was on the fold for about seven games. He was really teaming up with Joe Octave, who's your other main guard for the team, being able to supply you with a combined between the two of them. About 24 points per contest. Octave has been a little bit of a do-it-all player, giving you a double-figure round of points, six boards, three assists, just everything that you need from him. And you go up against Colgate team that year in and year out. Typically, this is one of the best teams in terms of their three-point shooting percentage, and it's still good. But they're now shooting more like 
36.5-37% from three, where typically Colgate is a top 10 team in all of college basketball. But what Colgate is doing is they're shutting you down from three-point range. Top 70 team with regards to opponent's three-point shooting percentage. They have given up 65 points or fewer in each other last five games. This Colgate team has been one of the most de- dominant defenses in all of college basketball in conference play across any conference in all of college basketball, mainly because they're playing against a whole bunch of slow teams that they're not able to generate a lot of offense. But I do think that for Lake Cross, Maybe they'll get things rolling a little bit more. Still outside the top 250 in terms of both points scored and points allowed on a per possession basis. And you've got on the other side, Braden Smith. No relation to the Braden Smith on Purdue, who's been Mr. Do-It-All. 15 points, 5 boards, 5 assists, shoots in the high 30s from 3-par range. That said, I do think that Colgate starting to lay just a little bit too big of a number against a Holy Cross team that has been transformed ever since Montgomery has come into the fold. I did semi-total 137. I do think the Colgate, a team that's well outside the top 250 in terms of total possessions per game, is taking on a little bit of a new identity this season. So I'm going to be taking a look at this little under and the points with Colgate. And I also like this Patriot League game where I feel like the wrong team is favored. 306-519, 306-520. The American Eagles, they are not selling blue jeans. Instead, they are... Selling a point and a half. They're a point and a half point favorite on the road against Navy. Total on this game is 132 to 132 and a half. And I guess with going up against the American Eagles, they prefer old Navy because Navy back in the day, they were one of the best cover teams in all of college basketball two years ago. This Navy team has been able to do a solid job of being able to generate turnovers. Top 10 team in the country in terms of turnovers force on a per possession basis on their home floor. Going up against an American team that is outside the top three and with regards to opponent's three-point shooting percentage. I made Navy a four-point favorite. I like them on the money line and I do like this little over as well. Semi-dollar 134 with the way that American is giving up the arc and coming up next we go from college to the pros. We talk some NBA basketball with Grant Mitchell of Forbes and the Ride the Line podcast right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you have yet to, please do check out the all new VSN.com, the fresh look 
is very, very nice. It's able to be utilized on your mobile device all the better. It's very much mobile focus. And on top of that, you get all the handicapping tools to you know, make a little bit of money as well. You've got my daily handicap lines up there day in and day out. We've got articles taking a look at all the sports that are coming to the forefront, putting out daily articles when it comes to the NBA, NHL. I know that Wes Reynolds does a great job with golf and so much more. That's at the all new Visa.com. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Always great to be joined by this man, Grant Mitchell. He does tremendous work over at Forbes. He is one half of the Ride the Line podcast as well. I'm Grant. It's always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. No problem, Greg. I, I wish I was joining under better circumstances. We were talking about a little off-air b- between the commercials there. The Bucks three and six in the Doc Rivers era. For, for people of the great state of Wisconsin, they don't deserve that. I am very glad, by the way, that you called it the great state of Wisconsin because I always call it the great state of Wisconsin, and it is a great state, and they deserve better. Like, at this point, as much as it sounds ridiculous, I feel like no coach would be better than Doc Rivers at this point because the guys could just do whatever the heck they want. And it seemed to be working when Adrian Griffin was there because I understand that the Bucks maybe didn't want the leadership of Adrian Griffin, but it's right now looking like an all-time bad decision from the Milwaukee Bucks because dysfunction is a whole lot better than what they're having right now, which is just no function at all. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's funny because coming into this game, I I did a little write up on this game and my best bet for the game was the heat at plus eight and a half. And I said the heat probably cover in a loss. I didn't expect them to win by 26 points. And one thing that I did note was the, the main catalyst for the change of getting rid of Adrian Griffin was to try to fix the defense. And I had said, you know, I've got tons of questions, rightfully so, about Doc Rivers in the postseason but he can't implement a structure and this defense has bottom 10 in like every category, whereas it was one of the five best in the league for a few years before was going to get better. Well, that was holding true for the first eight games of doc rivers tenure. You know, although they were three and five, the defensive rating, those started number, those types of numbers were starting to pick up just a little bit. And then no Jimmy Butler, no Josh Richardson, some other complimentary pieces. You give up 123 points to the Miami heat a Miami Heat team that had been close to bottom five and three-point percentage over the last few weeks. A Heat team that, while it has a great defense, has been terrible on offense for the last couple of months and honestly for a lot of the season. So it was, you know, it was one step backwards in that it was a loss, but it was 10 more step backwards in terms of, okay, this team was reeling and it just got hit with another knockout blow. Not good. It's not good to say the least. And how do you take a look at the East right now? Because with the decline of the 76ers and the Bucks, I do think that it makes the Celtics by far the number one team. And I just take a look at all the odds to be able to win the East, the odds to be able to win the championship. And I just can't help but laugh at how overvalued the Bucks are. I would not be betting your money on the Milwaukee Bucks right now because, man, I don't want you to be losing money at this point. Them at plus 260 to win the East. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Meanwhile, the Knicks are sitting there at plus 850. The Cavs are sitting there at 10 to 1. And I don't know if I'm on to something or maybe if I'm going a little bit too far, but I do feel like there's a changing in the guard of the East with obviously the Celtics up top because I look at the Cavs and the Knicks. I think that they are the biggest competition by far right now to the Celtics. Well, I don't care who you're picking. First of all, keep your hands off my money, Greg. This is my money. I determine what I do with it. Um, Yes, the Celtics are clearly the best team in the Eastern Conference. There there is no doubt about it. And for me, nothing they do is going to change my mind about anything. You know, I believe they're the best team in the regular season. 
I want to see them in the NBA finals. I want to see them in the conference finals, final two minutes where they're down a point and they need a high efficiency shot. Something like the Denver Nuggets were able to pull out the bag at seemingly every turn in the playoffs. Boston just continues to hunt the bad shots in the big moments. So, you know, for now, I consider them the frontrunners in the East. We'll see how that holds up again in clutch moments in the final four with the final four teams of the year. If I'm looking for teams outside of the Celtics, though, you know, I still have some semblance of hope that Milwaukee, they have Giannis, who's playing at an MVP level. They have Dame Lillard, who is the best clutch player in the league, despite all of the team's struggles. I have some semblance of faith they'll they'll just put it together somehow against all odds in the postseason. But honestly, if I'm doing a, a hierarchy right now, I got to look at the New York Knicks. You know, I know they've got a lot of injuries right now, and I'm probably going to be fading them tomorrow because of it. But I look at the New York Knicks. I look at the Cleveland Cavaliers, two teams that are getting it done on both sides of the ball. And quite as kept, both have MVP candidates, Jalen Brunson and Donovan Mitchell being those two. And then the Philadelphia 76ers, I know they're out of sight, out of mind right now. But when Embiid was there, not only was he doing his thing, averaging 36 points, 11 rebounds, six assists, but the team was really good in a variety of metrics, not just offensive, defensively too. They were holding opponents to the lowest three-point percentage in the league. And when this is an era that is dominated by the three-point shot, if you can make your threes and stop your opponent from making threes, on top of having the guy averaging 36, that's a really good sort of math equation there. So if Embiid can come back healthy by the end of the season and kind of regain some rhythm. Honestly, I think the Bucks could be maybe the fifth or sixth best team in the East at that point. Yeah, with the Milwaukee Bucks, it is just a sinking ship right now. And I mean, they've got so much talent, but at this point, once again, why not go with the dysfunction over no function at all? Because that's what they're providing. As joining me on the show, we've got our good friend, Grant Mitchell. He does great work over at Forbes and the Ride the Line podcast. Joining me on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network and Grant since you last joined the show, the trade deadline came and passed, and the Knicks, they did make a few moves, bringing in Boy, Boyan Bogdanovich and company, so they were able to make a few moves there, but were there any teams that really got a lot better slash worse? Because I just took a look at the trade deadline this year, and it felt very milk toast, and it felt like you were sort of moving things around with regards to furniture that you had on hand, trying to spruce up your, like, building, spruce up your house, whatever, but at the same time, you still have the same paint design and everything like that, where not a lot changed. Yeah, not a lot of star movement or anything like that, but there are two teams that stand out, and before I get to them, I just want to say one of my favorite player moves was actually Buddy Heald to the 76ers. If Embiid can come back, you know, fully healthy for the playoffs, boy, does that open up so much more because you've already got Embiid, his gravity on the interior, you've already got to honor the speed of Maxi, and at a certain point, we're seeing it kind of with the Phoenix Suns right now, when you've got three options you can't help off of, what do you do when you've got Buddy Hield, who's an elite three-point shooter? That's going to create real problems for whoever Philadelphia faces in the playoffs. The two teams that I think won the trade deadline, though, you mentioned one of them, the New York Knicks. I love the Bogdanovich pickup and the Alec Burks pickup to a certain extent. I think that they, you know, they were already deep. I think they got even deeper. Some of these guys aren't even going to play in the postseason. That's that's how good their bench is right now. When you look at some of the, the scoring burden that's on Jalen Brunson, especially with the injuries they've dealt, adding a guy like Bogdanovich who can go for 30 or 40 points is a huge help. And Alec Burks, we've seen him get hot too. He can give you 20 off the bench on his night. These are guys that on their best nights can lead the team in scoring and then can reliably come in and, 
be that second, third, fourth option, something like that, and give you a boost off the bench. And I think that's tremendously important when you think back to how they looked in the playoffs last year. The other team that I think won it, and they're my number one team, is the Dallas Mavericks. The pickups of Daniel Gafford and P.J. Washington, I think, are massive. Both of them great, ph- phenomenal pick-and-roll partners for Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic. You know, they're, they're both capable of coming up, setting good screens. They can dive to the rim. They're lob threats, and they're both comfortable operating out of the short roll. So whether that's getting to a floater or a little jump hook or kicking out to the corner, they're going to fit this system that Dallas has tremendously well. And also, just looking at some advanced numbers, Dallas runs the second most isolation plays um, for, as far as their percentage of their possessions. And then they score at the third highest clip. And when you've got Luka Doncic, when you've got Kyrie Irving, you just need a solid screen from a big man, clear out, and it's all downhill from there, or all uphill, I should say, but the guards are moving downhill. So I think that would be the team that won it, and I just think that Dallas is a real team to watch moving forward into the second half of the season. And how do you gauge that Western Conference in general? Because the Mavericks, who you were just mentioning, they're 14-1 to to be able to win the West, but it does still feel like it's really wide open, despite the fact that the Clippers and the Nuggets are very much neck and neck in terms of those Western Conference odds over at DraftKings. Nuggets are at plus 225. Clippers are at plus 235. But as we know, right now, the team that leads the way is the Timberwolves, the Thunder are number two. You were talking up the Mavericks. It feels like it's much more wide open than the odds board would make it appear. I fully agree. I think it's going to be a bloodbath. Minnesota, I've got questions about their half-court offense and their lack of playmaking in in the uh, slow possession games in the playoffs. I've got questions about Denver on the road. They have not impressed me whatsoever. The Clippers, they've always got injury concerns. Kawhi has got an adductor problem all of a sudden. And then the Thunder, maybe maybe the most well-rounded team of them all, they're the worst team in the league when it comes to rebounding. And, you know, what Pat Riley said, rebounding wins the rings. So, All of these teams have questions, and it's just going to come down to which team executes better over the course of a seven-game series. It absolutely is going to come down to that, and when it comes down to this show, we always need to get great guests aboard, and Grant Mitchell does great work over at Forbes. He's one half the Ride the Line podcast. He is certainly one of them, and he does a great job taking a look at the NBA, and we've gotten you guys a lot of college basketball picks for this Wednesday, but we've also got a really nice slate with regards to the NBA front on this Wednesday as well. We're going to be taking a look at some games with Grant in the flip side. We're going to try to get you guys some winners on this Wednesday as well, right here on the Great Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Are looking for a betting edge on college basketball? The Visa experts have got you covered. Become a Visa Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of only nine dollars and ninety-nine cents. Subscribe today and get daily best bet emails, twenty-four-seven video access, the upcoming college hoops betting guide, plus bracket breakdowns, full access to Visa.com's exclusive betting splits, breaking down every single game. Do not miss out on this limited time offer. Visit vsin.com/slash/subscribe today. To sign up for only $9.99. That's vcin.com slash subscribe. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Always great to be joined by Grant Mitchell. Does great work over at Forbes. He is one half of the Ride the Line podcast as well. And let's take a look at some of these games that we do have for Wednesday. We took a nice look at the lay of the land in the NBA. Now let's focus on a few specific spots and start out with this one. We've got the Indiana Pacers going on the road against a Toronto Raptors team that certainly have 
given up on some pieces and have made some trades here throughout the season. And now the Raptors find themselves at three and a half to a 4.0 underdogs with a total of 143 and a half. How do you take a look at this game between a Pacers team that has been banged up but has been able to find their seed legs recently against a Raptors team that appears as though it might be a lost season for them? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's the fact that a lot of people just don't watch the Raptors play, but the fact this line is three and a half kind of blows my mind a little bit. The Raptors have been egregiously bad over the last few weeks. Looking at the last 15 games, they have the worst net rating in basketball. And for those who don't know, net rating is scoring differential per 100 possessions. So, so no team has been worse than the Raptors over the last two, three weeks or so. And things just don't seem like they're going to get better. I, again, during that same span, they're 25th in defensive rating, 28th in offensive rating. Uh, they just got blown out by a terrible Spurs team, lost by nearly 30 points, bottom 10 and three-point percentage, not a whole lot of playmaking going on. And it, it's strange because when those trades first went down, even though they, they, they think they got equal value, but they didn't get anybody as good as Pascal Siakam or OG Ananobi, Still, R.J. Barron and Manuel quickly seemed to provide some pace and tempo and some connect connectivity, and they were getting more rim pressure, and it looked like they might be on to something, and that's just completely gone by the wayside recently. Now, I know that it might be a little bit tricky mentally to bet on the Pacers when they did just lose to the Charlotte Hornets, because you want to talk about an unserious basketball team, that is Charlotte, but... Tyrese Halliburton, he's still starting to work his way back. You know, he's got that hamstring strain, and he is questionable for this game. I'm assuming he plays because he hasn't missed a game since he's uh, come back from that strain. And in his last three games, he has dished out at least 11 assists in all of them. Still not shooting the ball as well as he could be, but I think that's going to be made up for the fact by you're probably going to see a great game from Pascal Siakam since this is sort of his revenge game. He did. He was a little upset that they didn't offer him a long-term contract and ultimately decided to trade him. So I think you're going to see the best of Siakam, and I think you're going to see the Pacers beat what is right now probably the worst team in the league. Yeah, it's been rough for them to say the least. And when it comes to this Raptors team, they just traded away a little bit of everything. And right now they are looking to be able to find some chemistry. And right now there's not a lot of chemistry to be had. There's a lot of chemistry to be had, though, with regards to the New York Knickerbockers, but they go on the road to face off against some of the biggest upstarts in the NBA this season, the Orlando Magic, who I feel like they're a little bit a year ahead of schedule. I really like the draft picks that they were able to make in recent years, but seems to be coming together for this team. And with the Magic, they're a two and a half point favorite. Total on game between 214 to 214.5. How do you identify this one with a Knicks team that has been super duper hot, but dealing with a few ailments as well? Yeah, I love the Knicks. You know, I, I would probably make their, the, the argument they're the second best team in the Eastern Conference. But when I look around, obviously, Julius Randle, OG Ananobi, they're not going to be playing. Dante DiVincenzo suffered an injury last game. He's questionable, but this is the Knicks' last game before the All-Star break. So in my mind, I'm thinking, do I really want to lose a guy, potentially lose a guy? I'm playing 40 minutes per night, knowing that I can sit him out for this one game, and then he's going to have a whole week of rest. I think the smart thing to do, just let him rest. And you know what? Isaiah Hartenstein, he's got an Achilles problem. Maybe he's going to rest as well, too. And if that happens, the Magic are already one of the best rebounding teams in the league. Now there's going to be no Julius Randle, no Hartenstein, no Mitchell Robinson. The Magic are going to absolutely feast on the boards. And even if he does play, they're still going to be able to acquit themselves pretty well, I do believe. Also, you know, Orlando, I know they lost to OKC earlier tonight. But they are one of the better home teams of the league. They're outscoring opponents by over five points per 100 possessions when they are at home. And they've got a really good record when they're in their building. 
They've got size. They've got speed on the perimeter. They've got length. You know, I'm not saying they're going to stop Jalen Brunson. When you've got Jalen Suggs and Anthony Black, if you want, or Cole Anthony, you've got a lot of guys that you can throw out there. You can put 6'11 Jonathan Isaac on him if you want to. There's a lot of options with what they can do. And also, one of the big problems for the Magic in the loss to the Thunder was the fact that they allowed OKC to score points off of turnovers. The New York Knicks are only 22nd in turnovers forced per game. So you take away those cheap points, you rely on Orlando, which has been a good team this year, and I think they're able to cover at home. I do think so as well. And when the regards to this Orlando Magic team, I've been thoroughly impressed by the way that night in and night out, they've just been able to provide some really good performances in general and just a lot of really, really good effort. And you mentioned it with the Knicks, just so many injuries for them. As joining me on the show, we do have Grant Mitchell. He does great work over at Forbes. He is also one after the Ride the Line podcast. Joining me on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. And how about if we take a look at the battle for the great state of Texas as you were talking up the Dallas Mavericks in the last segment and you were commenting on how they did a good job at the trade deadline. Now they find themselves as 10.5 to 11 point favorites at home against the oh so struggling San Antonio Spurs with a total of 139 to one th- or 239 to 239.5. How do you evaluate this matchup with a Mavericks team that they really have been able to bring in a lot of good pieces, but as we know, might take a little bit of time for these guys to be able to mesh. Well, that's what you would think, but right now they seem to be on their honeymoon period. They won both games with Washington and Gafford. They've now won five straight games overall, and they played the Spurs twice already this season, beat them in both of them, and beat them by 25 the last time they met them. So obviously that's something. You know, going back to what I said in the last segment, I just think that Washington and Gafford are perfect fits here. They, They opened up so much with the pick and roll game. And like I said, they run pick and rolls at the second highest frequency. They score, um, excuse me, they run isolations at the second highest frequency. You're going to be able to create mismatches with the pick and roll. And they scored the third most points per possession involving an isolation. That is significant because the Spurs, although they have gotten a lot better on defense, their eighth in defensive rating over the last 15 games, they give up the fourth most points per isolation possession. So you've got an awesome team going one-on-one with Luka Doncic and Kyrie, who are you know scoring 60-plus points per night between them, going against a really bad defense, a defense that struggles to stay in front of their man. You know They're always going to be great at rim protection because they've got Victor Wembanyama, who just had a triple-double with blocks. But aside from that, things aren't really looking up for them on defense, and their offense is one of the worst in the league, and it's been even worse over the last couple of weeks. They're shooting 32% from three. Their offensive rating is at an all-time low. I just don't think this is a matchup that sits up, sets up well for them, especially since Dallas is really good at home and San Antonio is really bad on the road. So even though it's a large line, I'd be laying with the points with the Mavericks. Yep, and the Dallas interior defense has been one of the better ones in the NBA as well with the recent draft picks that they've had in recent years as well. So I do like that element of it, and I like the element of going to elevation and trying to be able to get a cover there. And with the Denver Nuggets, they have been so dominant at home. And it's always an angle that I take a look at, whether it's college basketball or the NBA. It's hard to go to elevation and be able to get the job done. The Sacramento Kings are going to be looking to do that at six-point underdogs with a total of 229.5. I'm not sure how you gauge this game, but I do take a look at the Nuggets, and I mean the stats really do bear it out. They've been a different team at home rather than away from home, and I think that we're going to see more of those splits just manifest themselves both here and moving forward. 
Yeah, Denver won seven straight games in their building. They're 21 and four at home. They've got a plus 10 net rating in their building. Truly one of the two or three best teams at home. The Kings haven't been bad on the road. They're 15 and 14 straight up, but just about even in scoring differential. And to your point, you know what's even harder than going to play at altitude when you're not from there? Going to play at altitude on the second night of a back-to-back when you're flying from Phoenix over to Colorado, and you just went down to the wire against these Suns. You know, you had a chance at the end of the game to win, scored over 130 points and still lost. There's going to be tired legs and low spirits. The Kings have now lost four of their last five games. Um, And one thing that I think will weigh heavy in this game in determining the final outcome is the battle on the glass. Sacramento really only hung around Phoenix because they out-rebounded them 50-39. to but they're actually just about an average rebounding team overall. Denver is fourth in rebound percentage. Obviously, we know they've got Jokic, but guys like Aaron Gordon, MPJ, DeAndre Jordan's been getting some tick lately. So I think that you're going to be able to see them do what they normally do on offense. That's elite execution. And they've also got a really good defense. And I think with the rest advantage, being in their home building, this is the right time to take the Nuggets. And the right time to get you on, Grant, is every time because you do such a good job over at Forbes. You're amazing with being one half of the Ride the Lion podcast as well. You do a great job on the NFL front. You do a great job on the NBA front. And your time is always appreciated, my friend. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you for having me. Always great to be able to get Grant aboard, doing such good work, taking a look at the NBA. And when it comes to taking a look at basketball, his element is a pro game. My element is a little bit more of the college game. So to wrap up the show next, I'm going to get you guys my DK Network write-up for this college basketball Wednesday. And on top of that, we've got the beer review bracket continuing on as we do that next right here on the Great Beer Set Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network. 
over at DraftKings Sportsbook this week. New customers that place a deposit of $5 can get a no-sweat bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Utilize the promo code of VSIN when you do, because over at DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. We're back here for the final segment of the night, right here on the Greg Peterson Experience, right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. And if you're listening live to the Greg Peterson Experience, coming up next, you're going to be getting a replay of this fine program. Meanwhile, if you are listening to the replay at 4 o'clock a.m. Pacific, 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern, it's the Sports Gambling Podcast Network takeover of Follow the Money. I know that our good friends in Sean Green, along with old Ryan Kramer, they're going to do a tremendous job getting you set for what is going to be a tremendous Wednesday. A lot of friends, a lot of frivolity that is going to be happening on that show. So that is going to be absolutely incredible. And when it comes to myself, my job now is to get you to follow the money safely with a little bit more money in pocket. And, well, we are going to be taking a look as well at the beer review bracket because March Madness, it is just around the corner. And we went NCAA tournament bracket style with regards to our beer reviews. We've got a titanic matchup in the round of 32. I don't know why, but the committee seemed to put against each other some really, really good breweries. We've got three Floyds versus New Belgium, which New Belgium, they are the brewers of the Voodoo Rangers series. So you're going to be seeing that on the show tomorrow. But things first, we start out with the six seed of three Floyds, and they're throwing a top 250 beer, according to Beer Advocate, in this edition of Hoops on Hops. And for those that do check beer ratings, by the way, Beer Advocate is one of the best out there, and they actually rate this as the number one beer in its category. That would be the American Pale Ale series, with Zombie Dust being number one there. It's rated as the number 77 beer in the world, and I think that maybe the hype went a little bit far. I did did like this beer. I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. I thought that it was very solid. It's not something where I necessarily said that it was absolutely amazing because this is one that I think it just is very balanced. It's smooth. It's got good hop integrity. It's got a little bit of toastiness as well. When it comes to pale ales, personally, I will put the Sweetwater 420 just in front of it, but this is a beer that's not going to let you down. There's no offense or buts about it. The good people out there in this great state of Indiana that brew this thing, they did a pretty darn good job. I, like I said, it's just one of those things where it's a good beer. I feel like it's gotten a little bit overhyped, but this is one that if you're serving it to me any single time, I'm going to drink it. I am going to enjoy it. It's very balanced. And for those that are looking for one with a little bit more AVB because it's more around 6.5%, it strikes a really good balance. So I did give this one an 8.5 out of 10. So that means that the work that new Belgium is going to need to do, it's going to be very, very difficult. By the way, if you notice, I'm stuttering a little bit when I say new Belgium. I keep wanting to call it new Glares. Those are the brewers of Spotted Cow. I always do that when you have the two news out there because with new Glares, they are exclusively out there in the great state of Wisconsin. That sort of barred them from this field. But that said, three Floyd's zombie dust gets an eight and a half out of 10 stars. Very, very balanced beer. Very, very solid to say the least. We will see if solid is able to get them into the sweet 16. What we are hoping to do is be able to be extraordinary with our DK network, right? A pick. We are looking to be able to get you guys some winners and just continue on what has been a pretty solid season with the Garcia's write-ups. And we go to the Atlantic 10 for this one. So we head back to the Midwest for 695, 696 
on the banking board. Loyola Chicago, they're going to be playing host to St. Joe's. St. Joe's, they hope to not be average Joe's as they're between three and a half and four point underdogs. Their total on this game is 150 and a half. And I was a little bit between a rock and a hard place determining which right up to do because I really like both the side and the total in this one. I did set St. Joe's as one half point favorite. I'm going to be bypassing the points that I personally am going to be taking a look at them outright on the money line. I did settle on the right up being the under though. I set my total more around a 143 and a half. I just take a look at this loyal Chicago team and by their nature, they just play lower scoring games. They've been playing a little bit faster this year than they have in past years. They're about 153rd in the country in terms of total possessions per game. They go up against the St. Joe's team that is very similar in terms of tempo. They're about 137th, 138th, depending upon how the games for Tuesday went in terms of total possessions per game. So two very mid-tempo teams, but for Loyal Chicago, you look at their last 12 home games, they have allowed north of 70 points in just one of them. So they've done a nice job locking down on defense. Loyal Chicago overall 32nd in the country. Turns the points a lot on a per possession basis, and they give up about 19.4 points fewer for one of our possessions at home rather than on the road. And it's just a really good collective effort as we are looking at Loyal Chicago and St. Joe's right here on the Greg Peterson Experience of Visa the Sports Bank Network. And when it comes to this Loyal Chicago team, they don't have a single guy that gives you north of five rebounds per game. And yet they've got a little bit of a leg up with regards to the rebounding edge here. As a matter of fact, for Loyal Chicago, in terms of their overall rebound rate, they're about 127th at all of college basketball. And it's just so fascinating to take a look at the way that Loyal Chicago hits the glass because they do not get any second chances whatsoever. When they get a shot that does not go, they are not hauling in there a second chance opportunity. They're not going to be getting another look at the rim. Meanwhile, they don't allow you another chance at the rim when you miss a shot as well. Loyal Chicago, they are allowing opponents to get only about 21.2% of their missed shots as an offensive rebound when they're at home. Overall, they're 41st in the country with regards to defensive rebound rate. Going up against the St. Joe's team, they're pretty solid in terms of being able to hit the glass. They're not amazing by any stretch of the imagination, but you've been able to have quite a few guys that will be able to give you right around about five, six rebounds per game. The main guy that's been able to step up for them has been Rashir Fleming. He does chip in there about 7.2 rebounds per game. They've had Chris Adesanko really deal with quite a few injuries, but when he's been out there, he's able to give you about eight half points, six half rebounds per game. But when I take a look at the St. Joe's team, the big thing for them is just being able to guard the arc a little bit more. A big reason why St. Joe's has been a little bit volatile recently in their last four games is that they have seen their three-point shooting defense really decline. I mean, just two weeks ago, this team was in the top 75 with regards to both points allowed on a per-possession basis and in terms of opponent's three-point shooting percentage. That has slipped slid away from them a little bit, as in each of their last four games, they have been really giving up, giving up 73-plus points. And as a matter of fact, each of their last five games. Meanwhile, the offense, they have been able to get to at least 75 points each of their last four games. But I do think that against Loyal Chicago, they're going to have a little bit of a tougher time with it. Last time these two teams played, they both were able to get to 75 points. But again, Loyal Chicago, just a different team with regards to their defense at home rather than when they're in a road or neutral court environment. And for this Loyal Chicago team, the consistency that you have on offense it is just not there with this team. Loyal Chicago, 208th in all of college basketball. Turns points scored on a per-possession basis. You've been able to have Desmond Watson be able to give you about 13.5 points per game along Phil Lawson. These two guys, they combine for about 30 points per contest. But the big thing with Loyal Chicago is that because they aren't going to get a lot of second chances, they need to execute the first time around in terms of their offense. And in terms of turnovers per offensive play, they are 298th in all of college basketball. And on top of that, they're not necessarily an impressive shooting team. 
out of your top five scores, only one of these guys shoots above 73.5% the free throw line. As a collective, they are 224th in the country in terms of their home three-point shooting percentage, shooting at about 33.9% from three-point range and all, man, without having a lot of size down low. As right now, their top rebounder is Miles Rubin. He's been able to give you 4.8 rebounds per game. Does give you a little bit in the way of blocks, 2.2 blocks per contest, and that's a big thing to take a look at as well. Both of these teams do a good job with their interior defense. St. Joe's in a road slash shoot court environment, top 75 team in terms of opponent's two-point shooting percentage. That's more around 58th. Loyal Chicago. They are number two in the country in terms of opponents' two-point shooting percentage. They do not give you anything on the inside. And while Loyal Chicago, when they're away from home, they allow you to shoot north of 36% from three-point range. At home, that dips to more around 31.3% from three. Now, in the end, I do think that St. Joe's going to be able to get it done. They've got more dominators down low. I really like the way that Fleming has been able to step up. And then you've got Lynn Greer along Xavier Brown, who will be able to combine for about seven and a half assists per game. And just flat out, St. Joe's, they do a little bit of a better job of being able to take care of the ball. This is a loyal Chicago team that never has and never will be a team that necessarily generates a bunch of takeaways. And really, both of these teams, they're generating about like 12 and a half turnovers per game. So they're very similar with that regard. And I do think that with both of these teams being relatively mid-tempo teams that we're going to see the adjustments made from the first time around. I think both of these teams bear down on defense. And in the end, I do like St. Joe's to be able to get the job done. I'd like St. Joe's outright on the money line. My write-up, that is also going to be with regards to this game. And it is going to be on this total under. We've got a few Pac-12 games that are going to be happening on Wednesday. Really one main Pac-12 game. So how about if we dive in there since we have yet to really hit the West Coast on this show. 707-708 on the card. It is Arizona State. They play us at Oregon State. And Oregon State is an underdog of 7-7.5 points. Jaws game is 137. You take a look at the Oregon State home and road splits. They are not good. They are giving up 22.5 points more per one-arm possessions in a road or neutral court environment rather than at home. Now, they go up against an Arizona State offense as ghastly. They're outside the top 250 in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis. But this Arizona State team, still a top 150 team, in terms of points a lot on a per-possession basis. Really, other than what you're able to get out of Mr. Jordan Pope, who's been able to do a nice job of being able to supply this Oregon State team with about 15 points per contest, you really don't have anyone to be, that's able to step up for this Oregon State team. Arizona State, they should be able to force a few turnovers with Frankie Collins being one of the best at being able to generate steals. I like Arizona State willing to lay up to nine here and did take a look at the under at a 135 and at 4 o'clock a.m. Pacific time, 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern. It's Follow the Money with our good friends over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network right here on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.